1: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night! Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNPodcast.com. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games podcast, the number
2: one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krennevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net.
1: Visit Mr. Frump in the hospital. I see him most every day. And when I see Mr. Frump in his iron lung, this is what I hear him say.
2: All right, Matt. Everybody who's been listening to us week to week, we've already revealed this last week. Let's just get this out of the way. We're both putting this as our number two. for this album as far as yeah I think it came. has to
0: be I don't I don't know where else it could pos- I mean oh god this is this is a great 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 track
2: this is one of the Weird Al songs that I legitimately remember the very first time I heard it like this was one that
0: left an instant impression on me and I feel like it's probably the same for you it is and because it was a later one again I did not hear this it took a few years of being a fan before this track was shown to me yes yes what is your memory of this song? My memory was that somebody, t- I think I heard about it because Al mentioned it in some interview. I had heard him talking about the fact that he had done this song that utilized the um, air valve on the accordion Yep. as a musical instrument of itself. And I, I heard him say that and I was like, I don't know what song he's talking about. And then I went back and looked and, you know, again, I I was like a compilation, you know, noob to so much of his stuff and uh, went back and found this this record and listened to the track. I probably, to be honest, I probably downloaded the song on Napster when I heard that. That seems like the time period for me when that would have happened. But I remember sitting and listening to it on the computer and being so, like, legitimately laugh out loud, tickled by this track and just like listening to it in my parents' computer room with my headphones on and being like, this is so weird and silly and wonderful. So for the
2: people who haven't heard the song, the song is about Al hanging out with a man named Mr. Frump, who (laughs) is currently in an iron lung. And each verse kind of ends with him leading into what Mr. Frump has to say about something. And instead (laughs) of there being any lyrics, it's just the sound of air coming out of the accordion valves which
0: sounds like an iron long running. It's hard to describe this just from a like quick musical perspective. The way that the accordion works is that if you are not if you're not pressing down a key to make a note, you can't really squeeze it open or shut because it depends on the air passing through when you push down a key. So if you have it expanded and you need to shut it without playing notes, it has a small valve on your uh on your right hand I guess it would be and you can press that valve down and it'll just push air through the uh, bellows I guess is the term and um, that way you can shut it but when it pushes the air through it's just like a (sighs) like that kind of a sound he used it to simulate the iron lung I think in the interview I heard him point out he's like as best he can tell it's the first and only time anyone has ever used the air valve as an instrument of its own Um, that's (laughs) That's probably probably true true. yeah I would say I would I would vote that that's most likely accurate. Yeah.
2: Um it's I would say that this legitimately is probably the most mean-spirited song on the entire
0: record, but it's also really funny. It's it's really really funny. I also it's funny cuz again we we're talking about like Al's take on this. I have heard that he has mixed feelings about this track cuz it is kind of mean-spirited, but he has performed it live as recently as a couple years ago. He yeah. does do this song, so it can't be Uh, You know if he has concerns about some of the other tracks on this record, which we've assumed he does I'll be bellow when I'm dead and such a groovy guy and buckingham blues this one I guess is at least somewhat (laughs) palatable for him to uh, continue to sing at this point in his life
2: Yeah, it's and I like that. It's such a sparse recording. It's just him with his accordion and you got John like kind of tapping on the side of the snare with the sticks to have like a tap dancey type sound to it But that's it uh, so my my first time hearing this song I am big on to if I really like an artist I want to own as much of the physical catalog as possible Totally. And I'll get to a point where it's like I won't even download or listen to anything until I want to find that album in the wild and hear it for the first time like on the on the vinyl or on the CD or whatever. Yeah. So this was one of the last Weird Al records that I was able to put into my CD collection. I have every single release of his on CD at this point, um, except for one that we'll talk about. That's like absolutely impossible to find. (laughs) Matt had a chance to have it on vinyl. He said, no, I blew it. I remember I was driving in my car. It was probably post college, but I was still early twenties ish. And I bought the album and I'm driving around listening to it. And this came on and I, I remember laughing uncontrollably. Yeah. Like I knew exactly what I was hearing because I had, again, I grew up in a family that had a lot of Dixieland and polka music. So I knew what the sound of the accordion air valve sounded like. And yeah. I realized immediately what this song was and it was so demented, but so very, very funny. <laughs> it's so me. funny. We've talked yeah. about a lot of mean songs. I think this is the meanest It's interesting because, uh, yeah, I mean, I
0: it's super dark i feel like it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as mean to me cuz you know it's it, again this, so much of this is just like how it feels yeah cuz this song feels less personal i was talking to in such a groovy guy about how a lot of these songs feel very personal
2: yeah no there's and, no personal there is no yeah. real mr frump i feel yeah, like the, he would not be playing this song if he actually knew oh a mr god. frump that he wrote this oh song about oh my god about. no way no <laughs> way
0: so this just feels like a a morbid premise that he's come up with and and cooked up to, to execute. So it doesn't feel as mean to me as some of those other songs, but it's very dark. And it is like, I mean, the entire conceit of the song is he is making fun of a person with a life debilitating condition who dies in who the dies song. At, yeah,
2: I was gonna say, he dies at the end of the song. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where it gets to where... He, Mr. Frump's supposed to say something and nothing. And
0: nothing happens. happens yeah. And then they just say, Amen. And it just ends with his, Amen. <laughs> amen. Which is probably, aside from the gag of the, uh, the valve itself like that has got to be like the funniest line of the song It's just the the very church like oh man like to end it is just so ridiculous you know i also saw like i did a little bit of research on this one because i i love this so much this is a very old according to uh something i saw online he says he wrote this when he was 17 and i think that this screams 17 year old it does song. it does absolutely scream 17 and it screams you know we see it over and over again, but it's these little glimpses of just how I I feel like he has kind of two senses of humor in a way where it's like, he has like songs that he writes that are intentionally going for like a mass appeal type of comedy where he knows that people will relate to it. And it's just like broad stuff and that people are going to latch onto and enjoy. And then he lets himself have a few moments where he really dives into what I think he might find more funny <laughs> himself, which yeah. is this sort of a thing.
2: And I also... I I do want to also talk about how this is... I mean, I don't think we're going to do a list of his best closers, but this is one of his best closers for sure. He,
0: like, is, he is really good with album closers because this is a fantastic closer, but as we... As in 3D looms... Yeah. Holy cow, does that have a great closer. That
2: has a great closer. I <laughs> mean, he... I just looked at a list of his... I, I actually think the only time that I don't like his closers is when he does a polka closer. Even if it feels like it makes sense for the polka to be the closer, yeah. in my brain, it's like, no, the polka always has to be the end of side A. Like, that yeah. is that is yeah. the spot that it belongs.
0: In. I agree. If, <laughs> and with the polka feels somewhat anticlimactic, but...
2: But outside of that, I mean, I'm, like, looking at his... He's also good at... Well, we'll get into in 3Ds, but in general, a lot of his closers are like this much more stripped down. Just him with a accordion in this one, a lot of him with acoustic guitar closers that you see until you get to Albuquerque and then it flips this switch where it's like, okay, well now the closer is like the the giant closer in the world. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like like it is like this immediate, like I actually would say even bad hair day, I guess was the start of like, okay, we're going to go in a completely different angle after like the first couple albums having way more of a stripped down ending getting into this. Like, okay, now this is like a cinematic performance to send you home
0: the end Uh, of your record is basically a whole other record yeah oh for sure (laughs) exactly
2: but yeah i i definitely it's tough because it's one of the songs where it's like this is another one in a similar vein to got a boogie though where i'm like there isn't a whole lot to say it's a short song it's It's like very short it's like a minute 30 or something like that
1: in the darkest corners of the internet A nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Horror Movie Night! Night. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at
0: HMNPodcast.com. Yeah, it's under two minutes. Yeah, it's Um, definitely under
2: two minutes, and... You know, there's not a lot to break down from a musical standpoint. But I guess the question that I have with this is I wouldn't even know throughout most of this record, there's been a lot of like, okay, this is a parody of like this genre. I don't even know what this would cat like. What is this music?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a great question because I remember going down a rabbit hole years ago. I felt in my mind, this is like, a point in time where the internet was really starting to... You realize, like, wow, the internet has all of the information in the world. Yeah. And and uh, I went down a rabbit hole where I remembered someone had a website, some sort of a fan community, that basically tried to attribute a some sort of a style parody to every original song of his. Mm-hmm. To be like, what is he referencing the most on this track? And some of them felt like such a reach to me. And I was just like, you know, I think in some cases, he just came up with a thing. Yeah. That he thought was interesting. And to me, this is a absolute obvious example of that. I don't know what maybe there is some obvious reference here that I'm or some obscure reference here that I'm not seeing in I'm just the way that this song is done. But I'm
2: just wondering if there was like the only thing I could compare this to, and it wouldn't even be I wouldn't even say it's a genre of music, is like this is a vaudeville song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like It's it's something that in 19 in the 1930s, you could go to some tent and see a person playing an accordion while someone tap danced like that's like that's like the the vibe that I get listening to the song. Totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you get the sense that a lot of these songs, you know, he probably wrote and arranged in a time in his life where he would have never imagined that he would have a backing band. Yeah. To to be with him on these songs, like they are clearly, and as we go back through the list, like obviously another one rides the bus, my Bologna, even even got a boogie. Like so many of them are are built in a way where you could tell he's like, if I'm alone with an accordion and a microphone, I can do this song. Yes, and like, he sure must have had that in his mind constantly as he was making this record.
2: And I think that that's like one of those things where you look at, you know, weirdo is weirdo is is strangely this is going to be the only time anyone ever compares him to this, but like Weird Al reminds me of Bright Eyes in the sense of like, you can think of Bright Eyes as a solo project by Connor Oberist. But I remember he did his solo album one time and when asked why he was doing a solo album, he was like, because too many people aren't recognizing that my bassist and drummer are also part of Bright Eyes. Yeah. And I and I think that there's that element of like he is Al Yankovic, Weird Al Yankovic is a is a legitimate band that has had a consistent membership. I mean you're, you're absolutely
0: right and moving <laughs> forward from this record I think that's absolutely true but this album and because these songs yeah, a lot no of them existed from before he didn't know it wasn't a band it was a it was a kid at home with an accordion coming up with these weird ideas and this album is like I, I totally believe that some of this stuff like I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead and Checks in the Mail uh, those were I would bet anything written knowing he was going to have more instrumentation Yeah. But a lot of this stuff clearly was not. And this is a great example of just like, you know, at at the time he was just like, well, what can I do with what I've got? (laughs) And songs like this just come from necessity. So I'm curious. And maybe, you know, I'm going to check the Wikipedia
2: page. I know that that Jim, uh, that John Schwartz was like guy he met in college. Yeah. Basically. How did Jim and Jay uh, and Steve come together in this group?
0: It's a good question. I know that, or I shouldn't. I, I'm pretty sure that Steve J brought on Jim West. Okay. How how Steve J met Al, I am not sure I of. Just check. I just googled it. Uh, Jay
2: auditioned after answering an ad in the newspaper.
0: That's amazing. So,
2: so the idea that in 1982, this guy answers a newspaper ad, and is just, from that point on, he is the guy. <laughs> And then yeah, it was and just, I, it's like, funny. Here's I just my buddy, Jim. <laughs> Yeah. And Jim
0: West he, uh, auditioned to be an Al's band after being introduced by Steve J in 1983. Yeah. Um, that's, it, it, I mean, and <laughs> this is so fun to think about. Imagine being Steve J and seeing an ad in the newspaper for like, oh, I'm looking for a bass player. You respond to the ad. It's this. It's these songs. This guy <laughs> doing my bologna instead of my Sharona. And to tell him that this is going to be his gig for 40 years. That is just beyond belief, man.
2: Did you know this is wild? And now I'm looking at Jim West's Wikipedia page. Do you know that he has released countless new age albums and has gotten two Grammy nominations for them?
0: I did know that, Uh, you know. On the, I didn't get to do this, unfortunately, but two of my closest friends who are also, you know, Al, huge Al fans, when he was doing the Vanity Tour, they went to go see him. Uh, oddly enough, I live in New York City, but I was not able to go to the show that he played in New York City. I had to go see him out on Long Island. Mm-hmm. But they went to the New York City show, and after the show at the Beacon Theater, I think it was, there was an after-party type show at, uh, I want to say it was Joe's Pub down in like, uh, village area okay and it was steve jay and jim west playing their original music which is all like hawaiian yeah. inspired basically all instrumental kind of new age kind of traditional hawaiian uh music so and, <laughs> and it was so funny because it was like they went to see this show they were like oh why not and it was um a super late night where they were like just sitting in this room of people like a large number of people in this crowd are obviously Al fans who are like oh let's go check out the band of the after party but the music is so like could not be more different (laughs) than the sort of stuff they do with Al and also just deadly serious like original instrumental music and they were like it was super fun they're obviously amazing musicians but it was like it was a a striking (laughs) change in tone
2: all right well usually at this point of the episode when we get to the end of an album we will be ranking it but we got nothing to rank it up against. So right yeah, now, so, congratulations, self-titled. You're at the number one slot for both of
0: yeah, us. Yeah, this album is the best album we've talked about so far. So <laughs> congratulations.
2: At this point in time, I have not re-listened to In 3 Day.
0: Okay. I have not either.
2: But if I was pulling from just looking at that track list and my memories of how I feel about some of those songs, there's a chance I might rank this above In 3 Day. Ooh.
0: That's so interesting. I You'll we'll see what? when I revisit we're, these We're songs. going into it fresh because I have not heard in 3D in a while. Yeah. I predict that I am going to prefer in 3D. In my mind, in 3D ranks among my favorite. Yeah, Al I records, just, but, but it's been a while.
2: I just think that in my head I'm thinking like I think that he's still getting his footing. Like I yeah. I can tell you right now that I know that I just know from how often I listen to it and how much I love it that like the next album when we get into Dare to Be Stupid, it's not even a competition for me. Like that is like top tier to me. But like in 3D is like it's moving towards where that top tier is, but it's lacking so much of the strangeness that we just went through that I'm wondering if re-listening to it, it's going to feel so tame. That it, it like probably loses feel, that interest to me.
0: Like you're you're probably right about that. I mean, by comparison, I think it has to feel tame because how could it? Yeah, the, there will never compare? be another
2: Weird Al album that sounds like this first album. Yeah, like yeah. it is. No,
0: that is true. That is very very true. If
2: you've avoided this album because everybody, including Al, has told you it's the worst album. It is worth diving into because it Absolutely. is unreal. I mean, there's no question about
0: that. Yeah, no. <laughs> you, if you are not familiar, if somehow you've gotten to this episode of our podcast and you are not super familiar with this album of his, man, no, this is, it's worth your time. There are hits and misses, but I mean, of course there are. There's hits and misses across his whole catalog, but it really does no record of his sounds like this.
2: Nope. And uh, we will listen to, next week, we'll do one track that did not make the cut, Oh, yes. Before we dive into In 3D. Yes. Find Yourself. The new single from Punchline is out now.
1: All lead or will follow I just want to get there If anyone knows better Then please show us out of here I'm not saying I know but I see the next step If that's all we can get Then it's better than zip This is not junk, man This is a fight it's Trying to find yourself in the right place The right time
2: Listen to Punchline's Find Yourself on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere you stream music
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network corners of the internet a nameless formless entity has been growing no one dares question where it was created or what it wants but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood curdling name in unison horror movie night find horror movie night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com